<laughs> I couldn't think of, not think of my mom who lived to be 94 and uh, <clears throat> she prayed for her four kids all the days of our lives until she passed away. Uh, but she was so faithful to pray and I'm so thankful for a mother that prays. What a, what a privilege to have that. Uh, in your in your heritage, and so uh, anyway, you mothers have such a wonderful opportunity to minister to your children and uh, bring them up in the ways of the Lord. But I'd like to pray for the mothers this morning. Would you all mothers stand up, please? Let me just pray for you. <clears throat> Lord, I I just want to thank you for our mothers. What a privilege it is to have mothers that are godly mothers. And Lord, I, I just ask your blessing on these mothers here. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, that you would uh, encourage them. And, and Lord, that they would continue to pray for their kids even if they've grown up and are having children. And, and uh, Lord, just, just bless them and cause them just to continue to minister to their families. But, Lord, thank you for raising up these godly mothers. And so, we, Lord, we lift them to you now. We, we, uh, we honor them in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> well, uh, I, uh, I want to take you into the word again this morning. i just give you a little bit of a background for... Uh, what I've been doing. I've, it's been a little while since I've been here, but uh, uh, my last trip, uh, just uh, last week, I was down in in, uh, uh, in uh, Mexico and uh, had a just a uh, amazing time with. Uh, we were expecting 80 people to come to the seminar, and 120 showed up, and uh, so they they really got into it with me and. Uh, uh, so we, we had just a wonderful time of getting into the Word together. It's so exciting to see uh, people light up when the Word comes alive to you. And so I uh, pray for uh, the people of uh, the churches in Durango. We had several there, not only from Durango, but from some of the surrounding areas. You all know where Durango is? Actually, it's a very famous city uh, for John Wayne. <laughs> and a lot of the... Uh, Western movies were shot there, and there's a street that you can walk down in the city. It has all the stars of uh, of the different Hollywood stars that have come there, and uh, man, they're all the big names. They're there, uh, but uh, that's where they've done a lot of shooting of of uh, especially the Western movies. So, but anyway, uh, uh, if you take your Bibles and turn, I want to I want to get into the last chapter in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, great chapter, and Paul has been writing the church, and uh, he, he's uh, really, it's not a, not, not a lot of problems, there was one issue that he's going to address that we'll see this morning, but for the most part, he wrote this letter to the Philippian church who supported him, and, and stood with him, and, and uh, uh, sent their, their financial support and their prayers were with him. And, you know, I, as a missionary, I have a lot of people that 
support our ministry and they pray for us. And I tell you, it, it's, it's such a blessing to have people that stand behind you. And, and so this is a letter that Paul is just thanking the people, you know, for, for their contributions and their sharing in, in, in that. And, uh, and so he, he uh, has a number of things. Of course, Paul is not going to just write a letter for one thing. He's going to give a number of things that he's going to be thankful for. And, and uh, one of the th things that really comes through is, the, is the, that the importance of unity in the church and how the church has to stand together and that you can have joy no matter what you go through in the church because we don't have joy in our problems, but we, we rejoice uh, uh, in Jesus who takes us through those difficult times. And so uh, Paul has been talking about that all the way through into chapter 4. Uh, he, uh, in chapter 3, he talks about pressing on towards the goal and, and, and not giving up. You know, it's so so difficult today, you know, some of the issues that we're dealing with. And, and, and he says, press on, don't give up. And and then he reminds the church that where their citizenship is. And I remind you this morning where your citizenship is not here. We are, uh, we are not just citizens of the U.S., you know, but we are citizens of the kingdom of God, which is far more important. You know, I get pretty fed up with our country and uh, all the stuff that's going on. But man, I tell you what, my citizenship is not here, it's in heaven. And someday, and I believe it's coming really soon, that we're going to be in heaven. And man, we're not have any more of these rulers that, you know, <laughs> that we have, you know, that think that they're, they're, they're kings. Instead of serving the people, they dominate the people and make rules and laws. And you and I are going to be a part of a kingdom and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the best thing you can ever imagine. And I can hardly wait to, to be there. But uh, he says that, he says at the end of chapter 3, he says, uh, for our citizenship is in heaven, uh, from which we are eagerly waiting for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies, that it may be conformed to the glorious body according to the working by which he is, <clears throat> is able even to subdue all things to himself. And, and folks, the good news is someday we're going to get out of these bodies that are falling apart. And uh, he's going to transform us and give us a new body. And it's going to be an amazing thing. You know, it would be wonderful to wake up without, oh, man, my back hurts and all kinds of things, you know. <laughs> well... He says in, in, in chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, my beloved and long-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Let's pray. Father, as we go through this chapter, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and be our teacher and to guide us into the truths that we need to understand this morning. So we just commit this time to you. We thank you for your presence holy spirit in each of our lives and we thank you that you can speak to us through your word in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen, amen. well paul starts with uh, uh, the word therefore i want you to notice and uh, anytime he uses a word like that and you see those in the epistles it's uh, what we call a transitional word 
And, and so, of course, he's transitioning from what he has just told us. All that he said before in the three chapters, and then especially of what's going to happen to us in the end, that our body is going to be transformed. Uh, he says, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown. So stand fast. So, uh, brothers and sisters, we got to stand fast in these days. We, we, we can't let up. And, and that's what Paul is saying. He's, he, he says they're long for brethren. Do you, do, you, do you long for the brethren here in the fellowship? Are they really important to you? See, God's given you a body here, and, and he wants you to, to, to appreciate one another. And, uh, and, and so he, he re, he's reminding them that, that they're long for the brethren. And he says they're my joy and crown. One of the things that we see as you go through, as you've gone through this epistle, is he, the word joy and rejoicing is repeated 16 times. And so it's an emphasis in this epistle that you can have joy no matter what you're going through. And we can rejoice in the Lord as we'll see in a moment as we get to that verse. But he says that you're my crown. And, and, and you understand as you minister and reach out and care for other people, do you understand that you're going to get a crown someday? And, and he's going to reward you. And, and, and so I don't know about you, but I'd like a pretty good-sized crown. <laughs> I don't want just a little one. You know, I want a big one. You know, but, but he's going to give us, he's going to reward us for what we've done in this life. And he says, I want you to be of the same mind in the Lord. In other words, don't get so caught up in yourself. But think about others. And have the mind of Christ. He's told us that earlier in uh, chapter uh, 2. How we need to be like-minded with one another. And then he says in verse 2, uh, I implore Yodi and I implore Sintishi to be of the same mind in the Lord. And we know that these two ladies uh, uh, were not getting along. And it's interesting, if you look up their names in the scripture... Bible names have significant meaning. And uh, Yodia, her name means prosperous journey. And uh, Sintishi, her name means pleasant acquaintance. Now think about that for a moment. Because Yodia was not a prosperous journey to Sintishi. And Sintishi was not a pleasant acquaintance to Yodia. And they were having some problems. And can you imagine those ladies sitting in the church and they're reading this letter from Paul <laughs> and their names are coming up before the whole crowd. <laughs> Not a pleasant moment for them. <laughs> and so he says, uh, I, I implore you, you know, be of the same mind. You know, get along with each other. You know, God doesn't want us to... to uh, allow disputes to come between us and bring division in the church. And it happens so much. The enemy longs to divide the church. And it's amazing how many churches have been divided when two people don't get along together. And you and I have to be careful not to allow our dislikes of another person to, go, to be carried on uh, in the church. And so uh, Paul says in verse 3, he says, I urge you also, 
true companions. Help these women who have labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And so we know from this verse that these two ladies worked with Paul. They'd spent a lot of time with him. He knew them very well. And I believe that's one of the reasons he loved them enough that he would bring up what the problem was so that they would deal with it because he knew that they needed to get their relationship worked out. And he says, he says, he encourages the church to help him. We need to help each other when we get into these times where we don't get along. And, and we need to work together because our names are all written, he says, in the book of life. Isn't that amazing? They think about the book of life, you know, and, and, and someday we're going to stand before the Lord and, you know, can you just see him standing there kind of go, oh, let me check the book here, you know. Well, he doesn't have to check the book. He knows if your name's in the book of life. But if you're not a believer, you know what? Your name's not there. And uh, you're going to be left out someday. And if your name isn't there, you better get it in because he wants you to be a part of the body of Christ. Verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I want you to notice he doesn't say rejoice in the Lord sometimes. I kind of like to do that. How about you? <laughs> it's hard to rejoice in the Lord always. But he says, Again, I say rejoice. And so the emphasis here is that we've got to learn to rejoice no matter what we go through. Again, we don't rejoice in the circumstance, but we rejoice in the Lord. And so anytime I go through a difficult time, I can still rejoice in him. And I know that he's going to help me as I work through the trial and through the difficulty. But we must rejoice in the Lord always. You know, he told us earlier in chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 14. Uh, just turn back there for a, mo for a moment. Chapter 2, verse 14. Notice what he says. Do all things without complaining and disputing or grumbling. Have you done all things without complaining or grumbling? <laughs> Have you been able to not grumble all week? <laughs> It's, it's a hard one to do, isn't it? And, and here's my assignment for you this week. You, you're going to go all week and not grumble one time. Okay? All right, how about one hour? <laughs> but uh, it's so easy today with all that we're going through in our world to grumble and complain. And you and I cannot get caught up with that. We've got to keep our focus. It's not on what's going on in this world. It's on what Jesus is doing. And he says you can rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what's happening, what's going on. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. See, are you gentle? Are, are you gracious? See, what do people see in your job? What do people see in your family? Is there a graciousness? Are you gracious with your neighbors, especially those that are hard to get along with? And he says that we're, we're to let our gracious be known to all men. 
the world needs to see graciousness. We've got plenty of people out there that are harsh and rude and cruel, but God wants you to show graciousness out there. You and I need to operate in this gentleness or graciousness because the Lord is at hand. He's coming soon. And the world doesn't need any more harshness. It needs your graciousness. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Did you notice he says be anxious for nothing? Wow, that's a tough one. Because you see, it's easy for us to get anxious. We all do. And when we do, what's happening is we start, we're really worrying. And you understand when you're worrying about something, you're not trusting in him. And he says, we're not to be anxious for anything. But what are we to do? If we're not to worry, what should I do? Well, he says, in everything by prayer and supplication. You got to pray. You got to ask God for uh, help as you go through this thing. But notice he says, as you do this, you do it with thanksgiving. That you thank him in advance. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. You know my trial. You know my difficulty. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you're going to help me through this. You know, when we pray, it, it, it's so important that we learn to pray in the right way. That we, do, we learn to pray through our trials rather than, Lord, help me to escape them. So often we're, we're getting, wanting to get out of it when we need to be praying, Lord, give me understanding of what I need to learn. Because you understand that nothing happens to us outside of God's purposes and his plan. And he allows things to come our way so that we, uh, we will grow in our faith and, and become strong. And when we do stupid things, and we all do them, you know, he uses that to cause us to learn and to grow in our faith. And so you and I uh, are to be anxious for nothing. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And when you do that, something amazing happens. Look at the next verse. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You don't really get it. We, we don't understand, he's saying, that this peace of God is so amazing that, that it's beyond all of your understanding. We, we don't get it so many times, this peace of God that comes upon us. But I'm so thankful for that peace that takes me through those trials, that takes me through those difficult times. And then he says in verses 8 and 9, Finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. And so you see uh, uh, what Paul is saying here is... Whatever is true, do you see these attributes? True, noble, 
pure, lovely, good report of virtue. You see those things? Those are all attributes of Christ. And you see what he's telling us? You need to focus on the good stuff. Don't focus on the negative. And again, with all the media that comes at us in so many directions, it's just so easy to fall into the negative. And God doesn't want his church to be negative. You and I have the hope of Christ in us. And if we are constantly negative and getting down and, 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 and just being critical, you see, we're not honoring him. And he wants his church to be positive, not to be negative. And the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. If you do these things, God's peace is going to surround you and guard your heart and your mind. Just try it. Give it a shot. And then he goes on and he says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned whatever state I'm in to be con uh, content. I know how to be abased, uh, and I know how to uh, abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be, to, to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so Paul uh, uh, now is really talking about uh, the Philippian generosity here and how they've given to him. And, and he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly now that last year care for me has flourished again. They, in other words, they gave to him uh, the finances that, that he needed, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. They, they had tried before to get their funds to him, and they couldn't do it. And uh, now they finally got through. And, and Paul wants them to understand something very important about their giving. He says, not that I regard to, the, to need, for I have learned in whatever state to be content. You know, contentment is so important. And, and again, we, we live in a world that is not content. And you and I can easily get caught up into that discontentment. But you and I must learn to be content. See, what is true contentment? True contentment is not getting what you want. True contentment is wanting only what you have. Did you hear me? True contentment is, is not getting what you want. But it's only, uh, it's only wanting what you have. And so we have to learn to, to live with the things that we have and not always striving for more and more and more. And Paul says, I know how to live in poverty. And he says, I know how to live in abundance. Now, I don't know about you, but I really like the abundant part. 
Yeah, it's nice when you have a bunch, isn't it? But we don't always have a bunch. And we have both situations that we, we will face in this life. And, and sometimes we have very little. And Paul says, I've learned to live with both circumstances. Because he says in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, he's the one that gives us the strength to go through these difficult days. We've, we've had times, I know all of us go through this, but uh, you know when, when I moved my family to the Philippines in 1985, um, uh, we had only the support of my home church, Calvary Chapel Banning, that I had planted uh, back in 1979. And, uh, and when, when we got to the Philippines, that was enough money, to, uh, what they were sending me, that I could go out and do seminars and we could live on it because you could live on the dollar went a long ways in the Philippines in those days. And so uh, I, I remember, you know, we were happy and excited and I started going out and do seminars and three months into our time there, I got a letter from my church and said, Pastor Dan, we can't keep the support going. Since you left, the people have left the church and, and we don't have good income and, and so we can't support you anymore. I tell you, that was a crisis. Because we had bought one-way tickets. We didn't have enough money to buy a two-way round-tripper. So we had no way of leaving even. We didn't have the money to even go home. And we didn't know how we were going to live. And I tell you, it was a crisis time in our lives. But God worked in a very special way as we trusted him. And uh, God just began, uh, you know, a short while later, he began to send us funds. You know, people that had no idea. We didn't tell anybody. But God knew our need, and he put it on people's hearts, and they started sending money to us. And uh, we, 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 we survived that, and I tell you, through the years, I've been doing this training since we left to go to the Philippines in 1985. You know, it's been uh, over 35 years. And God has been faithful all these years to supply all of our needs. And I'm so thankful. But it's in those times where we're struggling and we don't have the abundance that we have to trust in him. And so, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you understand you can do it? Because Christ is in you and he will help you through. Nevertheless, you have done well that you, you shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians know also that the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek for the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. And you see, Paul, Paul is very clear here that it, it, it's not about me. And, I, and he appreciated their giving. But he says, what I want even more is that you get the fruit from your giving. I had a really interesting experience uh, years ago. And I may have shared this with you guys. I've been here so many times over the years, I don't remember. But in 1997... I was going into the Sudan 
to do some inductive Bible study seminars. And uh, I, I was uh, leaving on Sunday uh, late afternoon, and I had gotten an invitation to speak at a, a Calvary Chapel Pacific Coast uh, for their two services on Sunday morning. And so I thought, perfect, I'll just go down there, and then my wife will drop me off at the airport after that. You know, and so... Uh, so uh, I speak at the first service, and and uh, a number of people came up to me after that first service. I had shared about my trip, and I just asked for prayer. Uh, but they came up to me, and they were sticking money in my hand. Now, this was really unusual. Uh, 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 you know, it happens once in a great while, but, but man, they were putting money in my hand. And I, I didn't even look. I just I said, well, thank you, and I put it in my pocket. And, and the second service, the same thing happened. And I was a little overwhelmed. There was quite a bit of money people had been giving to me. And folks, I had said nothing in my sermon about money. And, uh, and, and so, uh, uh, you know, when I got in the car, I was driving to the airport, I reached into my pocket and pulled out that money. And I looked at it, and my eyes got big because they were $100 bills. And there was a lot of money there. And I thought, well, I've already got enough money. I don't really need to take this with me. And then I heard a little voice say, keep it. So I went to the Sudan and we get there and it's an amazing story and uh, how we got in there. And so once we're there, uh, we found out that uh, the North, there was a civil war going on at the time. The North was fighting the South. North was Muslim. South was Christian. And so the Muslims were coming down and they would raid uh, the villages in the South and one of the things that they would do besides kill as many people as they can and steal their food and their crops, uh, they, would, they would kidnap their children. And uh, they would carry their children off. And, and we found out that they had just raided this village just a short while before we came, and they'd carried off 12 of their children. And so uh, uh, we, we started asking questions and asked them, you know, where... Uh, do you know where they took the, the kids? And uh, uh, what are they going to do? And they said, well, they'll sell them in slavery. And uh, so the, do you know where they're going to take them? They said, yeah, we know. And uh, do you know how much it would cost to buy their freedom back? And uh, they told us the amount that they were pretty sure what they would have to pay to get, yeah, get, get their kids back. And, of course, these people are so poor. I mean, they were fortunate to have even any kind of clothes on them. And so, so uh, we got together with our team, and guess who had a lot of money in his pocket? <laughs> and we collected enough money that we were able to buy 12 children's freedom back. Well, that was, that was really, really neat, but something even neater happened later. Because... Uh, after I got back, I was invited to speak at a church back in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Kentucky. And so I'm back there at a church, and I'm speaking, and I was sharing this story of how the Lord allowed us to buy the freedom back in these, uh, you know, from all the people that had given gifts, and as well as uh, our other team that contributed all their funds. And, and uh, when I was done with the service, this guy comes up to me in tears. And he said, Pastor Dan, I was at that church Sunday morning when you went. And he said, and, and, and he said, the Lord prompted me that I should give you some money. 
And so he said, I, I wanted to do that until I went in my pocket and all I had was a $100 bill. And he said, I didn't want to give it. But he said it was so strong, he said, I came up to you and I gave you that $100 bill. And with tears running down his face, he said, I'm so thankful I obeyed the Lord. You see, he was receiving the fruit of his giving. And folks, you understand you can't outgive God. And sometimes it seems a little costly what we want to give. But you and I need to give. And we need to freely give as God puts it on our hearts because uh, there is so much that he wants to bless you with. And he says, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And folks, you understand when you give, it's a sweet aroma. It, it, it's it's well-pleasing to God. And he wants us to learn to give. And then he says this, verse 19, And my God shall supply some of your need, all of your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful promise? He wants to supply all of our need. But you have to understand something. This is a promise that has a condition to it. And, and you understand the context he's talking here about giving and receiving. And if you're not giving, folks, this verse you cannot claim. But if you're freely giving, guess what? He's going to meet all of your needs. And he longs to do this. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever Amen. Then Paul says this in his closing. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with you greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And, and so Paul says, greet the saints. The brethren who are with me greet you. And then he says, greet. The saints greet you, especially those who are of Caesar's household. You know who he's talking about? He's talking about all those that came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ while Paul was in Caesar's household. And you know, Paul was chained to Roman soldiers for hours a day. Can you imagine being chained to Paul? You know what would happen? <laughs> You're going to get saved, let me tell you. <laughs> and, and there were many of these elite soldiers that got saved and became part of the family of God. 
And you understand what God does in our circumstances? It's so amazing. Here's Paul locked in prison. And Paul is not going, oh, this is so awful. I, you know, I want to be so out there and ministering. And, you know, Paul is a type A personality and he would be go, go, go. And, and, and Paul was not complaining. He was not griping about his circumstances. Oh, this is terrible. But he was using his circumstances to proclaim the gospel. And no matter what you do, you can share the gospel everywhere you go. No matter how difficult your circumstances are. Maybe you're locked in a prison of, of health. And it's really a struggle. But God can still use that for his purposes and his plans. Any situation that you find yourself in today, God can use that. So that you will grow and you will be used of him for his purposes. God has a purpose for our lives. Aren't you thankful? And he loves you and I with all of our heart. He loves us and he wants to continue to use you. And Will you be available to him? Will you be willing to give as the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart? Whatever it is that he's prompting you to do, will you be obedient? And I just want to encourage you. Let's walk with Jesus. Let's do everything he's called us to do. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, how we thank you for your loving kindness. How we thank you that you love us so much. And that we can rejoice in you. That we can rejoice in the Lord always. Help us, Lord, to do that. Forgive us, Lord, for complaining. For, 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 for not honoring you as the way we should in our lives, Lord. Help us to learn to be positive in this negative world. Help us to focus on you every day. Lord, every day... Would you help us to wake up and say, Lord, here I am. Use me today. Help me to be positive today. Help me to focus on all the good things you're, you're doing, Lord. Bless your church. Lord, strengthen my brothers and sisters here. Lord, we know that uh, all of us have different difficulties and issues that we're going through. Father, and we lift up uh, Pastor Randy and, and Jeanette in this very difficult hour that they're living in. And Father, we thank you that you are with them. We thank you that, that uh, you're, you're giving them strength to go through this time. And so, Lord, we, we just, uh, as a body, we, we lift them up and ask for your encouragement to be upon their hearts at this time. And Lord, uh, we're, we're so grateful again for all that you're doing in each of our lives. So we just uh, commit this time to you this, this morning, Lord. Would you help us, Lord, to, to get along with one another? Would you help us, Lord, to, to grow in the knowledge of you? Lord, bless this fellowship in a mighty way, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said...